But this upcoming Thursday, as you know, we're celebrating Thanksgiving in our nation. But uh, we began a couple weeks ago a series entitled Thanks Living. Thanks Living. Because I believe that we need to move from just being grateful one day to living a life of gratitude. And that's what this series is about. Two weeks ago, um, Kelly Rodriguez shared the first message in this series and did a great job at communicating with us on this theme. And I want to continue. Now, there are a couple of stories that I would consider my all-time holiday favorites. And I have one in particular for Thanksgiving And I have another one that I love sharing during Christmas season. So let me share with you a story that I really love to share on this during the Thanksgiving season. There was a woman who was visiting some people who lived on a farm. And she noticed a pig limping in the backyard with a wooden leg. She asked the farmer, what happened to the pig? The farmer said, Oh, Betsy is a wonderful pig. One night the house caught fire and she oinked so loud she woke us and we got the fire truck in time to save the house. The woman said, that's really something. The farmer continued, that's not all. One day my youngest fell in the pond and Betsy oinked so loud that she got our attention and we were able to pull my daughter out of the pond in time. The woman said, that's really amazing, but I still don't understand why the pig has a wooden leg. The farmer said, well, when you have a pig that special, you don't want to eat them all at once. Y'all didn't like that, huh? It's like I told him at a church, what do you call a homeboy, a cholo that walks like this? Not even ese, yeah. (laughs) I knew you would like that one. Poet and writer Maya Angelou told in an interview about an experience that she had in the early 1950s. She had returned from the United States from Europe, leaving behind a child. She said, one day I was very frightened for my sanity. So I went to the voice teacher and told him, that I was going mad. He said, here's a yellow pad. Write your blessings. I said, oh, please, I don't even want to hear that. I'm going crazy. He said, start with the fact that you can hear me, that you can see the page, that you can hold the pen. Before I reached the end of the page, she said, I was transformed. She continued, so everything I have written, every book, every stage play, every screenplay was written on a yellow pad. As soon as I pick it up, I'm reminded of my blessings. I want to ask you today, do you count your blessings or do you discount them? The fact of the matter is, if we would stop to think more, we would stop To thank more. Did you know that the words think and thank, they come from the same Latin root. If we take time to think more, we will undoubtedly thank more. That's why the Apostle Paul penned these words that we read in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20. 
he wrote, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, he said, giving thanks always. There's several things I want to highlight regarding thanksgiving. The first is this, our giving of thanks is to be continual, not contingent. Let me say that again. Our giving of thanks is to be continual, not contingent. The word contingent is defined as occurring if or dependent on. Some of us give thanks if things go well. Our thanksgiving for some of us is dependent on if circumstances are favorable in our lives. But look again at what Paul wrote now in the ESV, in Ephesians 5.20. He said, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, live a life that gives God thanks always, continually, perpetually. Why? Because he deserves Thanks, always, continually, perpetually. Why does he deserve thanks? James gives us the answer. In James 1, verse 17, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So why should I give God thanks continually? James tells me why. Because every good gift and every perfect gift is coming down. And that word for coming down, it's actually one word in the original language, and it's a present participle. It means continually coming down. Did you know that even while you and I are sitting here, God is sending blessings from heaven to his children. Even while you and I are going through our trouble and our trial and our tribulation, there are good and perfect gifts that our Father from heaven is sending to us. Therefore, we ought to give him thanks. You see, this is why I should not just give him thanks after the fact. I should give him thanks when I get up in the morning. I should give him thanks even when I'm going through the fiery trial because according to James, he's continually sending down good and perfect gifts. The word perfect means that which is beneficial, that which is profitable for my life. So God knows what I need, when I need it, and he sends it down to make sure I have it when I need it. He deserves my thanks. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, in, in, in my home... There's an excitement that happens when there's a sound that appears to be the sound of a UPS or Amazon or FedEx vehicle coming to the front of our house. It's a sound that causes individuals in my home to look out the window, the kitchen window, with anticipation and expectation that something is arriving that will bring joy. And uh, I, in fact, uh, last night, I believe it was, was it, that the Etsy package came. And, and uh, when it came in, my wife said, thank God for Etsy. And I was like, wow. 
<laughs> All right. But I want you to know that this is the way you and I should live because uh, there's always a sound from heaven that reminds us that our God is sending packages, gifts, our way that will benefit and profit our lives. Therefore, we ought to be grateful. You ought to give them a thanks today, but you say, I'm in trouble right now, but I want to remind you, you may be in trouble, but God is sending you wisdom. He's sending you strength. He's sending you abundant grace that will be there for you and help you through what you're going through. Therefore, he deserves thanks right now. Back in 19... 88, there was a Polish railway worker named Jan Grzebski who was hit by a train. He lived, but only barely, for the next 19 years until the year 2007. Grzebski was in a coma. He awoke in 2007 to a whole new world. Nineteen years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Grzebski noted that back then meat was rationed and there were huge lines at nearly every gas station. And there was only tea and vinegar in the shops. But nineteen years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were, quote, people on the streets with cell phones. And there are so many goods in the shops, it makes my head spin. But something puzzled him. These are his words at that time. What amazes me, he said, is all these people who walk around with their mobile phones, and yet they never stop moaning. These people had freedom and food and wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet... Grzebski woke from his coma to find that all they seemed to do was to grumble and complain. Listen to me today. If you don't get in the habit, into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful because of what you don't have. You and I are blessed in fact, I love what my wife pointed out in transition in Cutler is that the Bible instructs us in Psalms 150 at the end of the chapter, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why praise the Lord? Because even the breath I have, it's borrowed breath. I'm breathing because of a merciful God who gave me breath to come alive. I owe him my existence. Listen, I know how we like to pride ourselves about, I got this, I did that. But let me remind you, without his breath, we would not be able to function. But thank God in his mercy, he's made us alive and well, given us breath. He deserves our thanks. He deserves our praise. The second thing I want you to notice is our giving of thanks should rise over all things. Let me say that again. Our giving of thanks should rise over all things. Look at what Paul writes again in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always, notice, for. Say for. He says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this verse is used by some as a means to encourage us. To thank God for all things, as if 
Everything that happens is God sent or meant to prompt a thanks in our lives. But I want us to dig a little deeper into what is revealed in this verse. Watch this. The word behind for in this verse is hooper, which is properly translated as for or on behalf of. However, watch this, its root meaning is over or above. It has come into English in the sense as the prefix hyper, as in hyperactive. Thus, it is possible to construe Ephesians 5.20 to mean that our thanks should rise over all things, especially those things that trouble us. What are you saying, Pastor Angel? I'll tell you what I'm saying. I'm saying that the scriptures are not encouraging us to thank God for every heart-rending pain, evil, tragedy, or trouble that crosses our path. Instead, it is calling us to offer thanksgiving that proceeds and is prompted from faith and discernment. Because let me remind you, not everything that happens is God sent. Not everything that happens is because God did it. Some things happen because we live in a planet that has been, been, been subject to evil because of man's disobedience to God. So I give him thanks above my circumstances. I don't thank him that I have a flat tire on the side of the road. Thank you, God. He's like, I didn't do that. I told you to change that tire a long time ago, but you thought it could be bald and beautiful. But I thank him that he's provided a spare in my trunk or provided the finances I need to purchase a new tire. I thank him that in spite of what's happened, he's able to turn evil around for good in my life. I don't thank him for everything, but I thank him that in all things, he's working together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. You see, my thanksgiving is to be prompted By faith and discernment, faith that God's word is true and that he will never leave me nor forsake me. God said through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And he also said to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they're not going to overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither will the flame kindle upon you. And he said to his early disciples in Matthew 28, 20, Look, I'm with you you always, even to the very end of the age. And the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6, it says, he said, God, the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that I may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what can mere man do unto me. So I thank him today, not because I've got trouble. I thank him that in spite of my trouble, I'm not alone in my trouble. He's with me and he will never leave me nor forsake me. He's my helper. He's my strength. He's my hope, regardless of what I'm going through. That deserves a thanks and faith that though our trial or trouble may be lasting, it is not everlasting like God's care and love for us. And that God will come through even when we feel we are through. 
This is what the psalmist said in Psalm 30, verse 5. He said, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure. That is, lodged as a guest for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Look how it reads in the New Living Translation. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor, notice, it lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. I'm not telling you that following the Lord means that you will never experience heartache. I'm not saying to you that you will never cry. I'm not saying to you that you will never deal with troubles that seem insurmountable or overwhelming to the point that you can't go on. But what I'm saying to you is that God is promising you that He's going to come through for you because He's the faithful Father who does not abandon His children, doesn't walk away when you most need Him. He's there, Emmanuel, God with us. And this Thanksgiving proceeds from a faith that rejoices in the fact that victory is certain in Jesus. You know what Paul penned in Romans 8.37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I thank Him out of faith and discernment. The discernment is an ability to recognize, as I mentioned, that evil on this planet is not usually the will of the Father. But the result of man's disobedience that invites Satan's workings. At times, the thanksgiving we offer is a spiritual exercise in counterattacking recognized satanic operations and a means of preparing the way, watch this, for God's interruption, interception, and intervention in the face of Satan's workings against us. Whew. What do you mean, Pastor? Let me let the Scripture speak. Psalm 50, verse 23. Psalm 50, verse 23. It says, He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. Watch this. And he who orders his way aright, that is, who prepares the way that I may show him to him, I will demonstrate the salvation of God. So, he says there's a way for you and I to prepare the way for God to demonstrate His work of salvation in the middle of our circumstances. What is that way? Through bringing to Him a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. How many of you have read your Bible and discovered that Jonah was swallowed up by a whale? Do you know why that whale threw up? How many read your Bible? Y'all don't be looking at me like that, like a deer looking at headlights right now. No, Come on, don't embarrass me. Come on, we're on live stream. You read your Bibles, right? Yes. The Bible says in Jonah 2 that Jonah gave God thanks. And it's interesting that as soon as he gave God thanks, the next verse says that then he was thrown out of the bellies. Well, he was thrown up. Thanksgiving preceded his deliverance. Paul and Silas are in jail in Acts 16. They're in stocks. They're in chains. But what did they decide to do in Acts 16, 23 through 25? They decided to pray and to give God praise. And what happened? 
God sent an earthquake, loosed their chains up, opened the prison doors, set them free. Why? Because they offered in the middle of their problem, in the middle of their trouble, they decided we're going to give God thanks anyways. We're going to praise Him anyway. He's still worthy. He's still God. He's still in control. So I want to say to you, get your thanksgiving on today. Because if you will, you're preparing the way. You're preparing the way for God to show up in the middle of your muddle and perform a miracle because he's able. Can you handle one more? Even if you can't, you're getting it. Here's the third thing I want to share with you about thanks. Watch this. Our giving of thanks should be for every person God brings into our lives. Every person, Pastor? Yes. Including the E-G-R's. Extra grace required people. You know what I'm talking about. That person that not only gets on your nerves, but gets on your last nerve. Anybody have people like that in your job place? Yes. There's room at this altar for you right now. (laughs) Look what Paul writes in the Passion Translation, Ephesians 5.20. I like what it says there. Always give thanks to Father God. Notice, for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What amazes me about Paul, the apostle who wrote Ephesians 5.20, is that he practiced what he preached. In fact, we see him doing so in Romans chapter 16. Look at this fact. In Romans 16, there are 36 people referred to specifically in this 16th chapter of Romans, and many others referred to indirectly. They all had something to do with the expanding of the kingdom of God. They were important to Paul because they were important to God. And as he, le- as he ends this book of Romans, Paul celebrates the diverse family of God at Rome. And by doing so, he expresses a divine truth. Every person is incredibly important to God. And so should be important to us. Everyone is made in the image of God. Now, I believe that even when a person sins, there's still semblance of that image. But the the image is not erased. It's just marred, effaced. But nonetheless, I'm to demonstrate honor and respect to those that cross my path. Now, I'll tell you, when I'm at Walmart, it's not always easy to see someone in God's image who is acting improper towards me because I'm the important Walmart shopper. I have stock at Walmart. They should clear the way when I walk through. Don't act like you don't feel that time, son. 
Like you're like, why is this person in the middle of the aisle that I want to get through and acting like they don't see me? I saw them see me through the corner of their eye, but they're not moving. Yeah, yeah. But here's what we need to do as Paul is thank God, even for the EGRs. Why? Look what they've done for your prayer life. You wouldn't pray as much if it wasn't for that person. Oh, God, please, again, help me today as I go to work. i got to face this person. Lord, please, Jesus, 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 take the will. Jesus, take the will. Every person. But Paul teaches me to recognize a very important truth and why I should express thanks for those in his family. Because there is no such thing as a self-made man or woman. Paul recognized in Romans 16 with specificity. He was specific. The contributions made by others that helped him to advance the kingdom of God. And in your life, if you and I would take time to reflect, we would recognize that throughout our journey, there have been people who spoke a kind word, did a kind act, helped us when we were most discouraged. They were there for us in a time of need, and we wouldn't be where we are at now without their contributions. And we ought to give thanks. Be specific. The Duke of Wellington, the British military leader who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo, was not an easy man to serve under. He was brilliant, demanding, and not one to shower his subordinates with compliments. Yet even Wellington, Wellington realized that his methods left something to be desired. In his old age, a young lady asked him what, if anything, he would do differently if he had to live his life over again. Wellington thought for a moment, and then he replied by saying, I'd give more praise. I'd give more praise. And I think if we had to do life over again, we'd probably give more praise. For you see, people die for lack of appreciation. Marriages dissolve or die for lack of praise. So I'm asking you today, who are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? Think about those that have contributed in helping you in your journey. Those that maybe have mentored, discipled you, or somebody that's spoken an encouraging word, or somebody that showed up when you most needed somebody to remind you you're not alone in your fight. Thank them. So I want to ask you, do you desire to not just celebrate Thanksgiving, but experience Thanksgiving? Then do this. Let your thanks be continual. Let your thanks be continual. Give God thanks every day. Give Him thanks for every blessing. Take time to stop to think in order that you will stop to thank. And then learn to thank God over and above your circumstances. I'm not thanking Him for the tragedies that happened in my life, but I'm thanking Him that in the middle of the tragedy, His grace is sufficient for me. I don't thank Him for everything that comes because not everything that comes my way is His doing. But I thank Him that regardless of what comes my way, I'm not alone and He is with me and His power will sustain me. And through His Spirit inside of me, I have the greater one within me by which I can overcome what is before me. 
And if you and I want to walk in thanks living, then let's lift others up through thanking them for being in your life and for the contributions they've made into your life. Now let me ask you, how many of you would say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ than you and I that are? We have greater reason to thank God and to be grateful. Because of the great sacrifice Jesus made for each of us on the cross, Christians should have an additional, very personal perspective on thanks. One of my favorite authors by the name of Max Lucado, he shares this moving story of sacrifice to remind us what Jesus has done in giving his life for us. He writes, It's difficult to find beauty in death. It's even more difficult to find beauty in a death camp. Especially Auschwitz. Four million Jews died there in World War II. A half ton of human hair is still preserved. The showers that sprayed poison gas still stand. But for all the ugly memories of Auschwitz, there is one of beauty. It's the memory Gajanisek has of Maximilian Kolbe. In February 1941, Kolbe was incarcerated at Auschwitz. He was a Franciscan priest. In the harshness of the slaughterhouse, he maintained the gentleness of Christ. He shared his food. He gave up his bunk. He prayed for his captors. He was soon nicknamed the Saint of Auschwitz. In July of that same year, there was an escape from the prison. It was the custom of Auschwitz to kill ten prisoners for everyone who escaped. All the prisoners would be gathered in the courtyard, and the commandant would randomly select ten names from the roll book. These victims would be immediately taken to a cell where they would receive no water or food until they died. The commandant begins calling the names. At each selection, another prisoner steps forward to fill the sinister quota. The tenth name he calls is Gajanasek. As the SS officers check the numbers of the condemned, one of the condemned begins to sob. My wife and my children, he weeps. The officers turn as they hear movement among the prisoners. The guards raise their rifles. The dogs tense, anticipating a command to attack. A prisoner has left his row and is pushing his way to the front. It's Colbay. No fear on his face, no hesitancy in his step. The capo shouts at him to stop or be shot. I want to talk to the commander, he says calmly. For some reason, the officer doesn't club or kill him. Colbay stops a few paces from the commandant, removes his hat, and looks the German officer in the eye. Er, commandant, I wish to make a request, please. That no one shot him is a miracle. He continued, I want to die in the place of this prisoner. He points at the sobbing, the Janusek. The audacious request is presented without stammer. I have no wife and children. Besides, I am old and not good for anything. He's in better condition. Kobe knew well the Nazi mentality. Who are you? The officer asked. A Catholic priest. The block 
is stunned. The commandant, uncharacteristically speechless. After a moment, he barks, request granted. Prisoners were never allowed to speak. Gajanasek says, I could only thank him with my eyes. I was stunned and could hardly grasp what was going on. The immensity of it. I, the condemned, am to live? And someone else willingly and voluntarily offers his life for me, a stranger? Is this some dream? The saint of Auschwitz outlived the other nine. In fact, he didn't die of thirst or of starvation. He died only after the camp doctor injected fennel into his heart. It was August 14, 1941. Janusik survived the Holocaust. He made his way back to his hometown. But every year, he would return to Auschwitz. Every August 14th, he goes back to say thank you to the man who died in his place. And in his backyard, there is a plaque that he carved with his own hands. A tribute to Maximilian Kobe, the man who died. So he could live. You know why I'm grateful? Not because I have everything I want, but because I have what I need. I have salvation. I have eternal life. Because there was one who died so that I could live. It was me who deserved to be on the cross. It was my sins that deserve punishment. But when I came to him, In brokenness and despair, he gave me pardon. He gave me forgiveness. I am reconciled to God, not because of anything I did, but because of what he did in my place. So today, I want to say to you, give you one more challenge, one more exhortation. If you can be thankful for what you have, then be thankful for what you've escaped. I've escaped eternal damnation. I've escaped eternal eternal separation from God because of Jesus. This is why I sing, worthy is the Lamb. Because I know He gave His life so that I could live forever. Today, you may not have everything you want, but child of God, you have what you need. You have forgiveness. You have mercy. You have grace. You have life eternal. You have a living hope. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have a new heaven and a new earth to look forward to. Because of Jesus, you and I ought to be thankful. And I shared with him in Cutler, I remembered this past week as I was preparing this message. As a young boy, I was riding my bicycle in the streets of Manteca. And I remember specifically as I was preparing this message, I remember there was a day when I was riding my bicycle and I don't know how it didn't happen. All I remember is there was a car coming, and somehow, some way, I didn't get hit. And it wasn't because of the way I turned, because I was not able to turn quick enough. All I know is I turned in a way that was unbeknownst to me how it happened, and I escaped barely being struck by a vehicle that had it hit me head on, I could have been taken out. You want to know why I thank God? Because I know, and I'm sure some of you know, there's some things that you escaped 
not because of you, but in spite of you. There are some consequences to your choices that you escaped, not because of you, but because of his mercy and his grace. There are some of us today that know we wouldn't be here if it was all dependent upon us. I know, I know, your pastor knows there's no way I could bring myself out of the anxiety and depression that I went through in 1996, but I'm here and I'm still here, not because of me, but because of his mercy and because he heard my cry. And I was in that pit and he didn't leave me crying. He reached in, he pulled me out, he set me upon a rock, and now I've got a song of thanksgiving. I've got a song of praise. I've got a song of celebration. And I'm here to testify. He's a good, good father. He's a faithful father. He's a father who is worthy of my praise. And today I want you to think about the times in which you know, had it not been for the Lord on my side, had it not been for God having mercy on my life, I wouldn't be here today. Some of you know that the only reason you're breathing and here today is not because of your wits. It's because of his goodness. It's not because of your skills. It's because of his power. You owe it to him. And so today, this is why we give thanks. And this is why we decide. I'm not just going to get with my family on Thursday and give them thanks. In fact, I'm not going to wait till Thursday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. I'm going to think about how he's been on my side. I'm going to think of the times in which he's helped me. I'm going to think of the fact that, you know what? I was on the sick bed, but he touched my body and he made me well. I'm going to think about the fact that I've been in moments in my life when I didn't feel I can go another day. But thank God I'm here today because he walked me through. He helped me through. He led me through. And so today, I want you to know that even if you don't have everything you have, you have what you need. You have life because of his mercy. You have grace because of him. You have wisdom because of him. You have strength because of him. He deserves thanks today. He deserves thanks today. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. As the Apostle Paul said, thanks be to God in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank you for the inexpressible gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that I'm here today forgiven. My life redeemed, my life restored because of you. And even while I'm calling on you right now and, and offering and uttering this prayer, I thank you, Lord Jesus, my Savior, that you're at the right hand of the Father and you're interceding for me. You've got me covered. Thank you. And I can say, as the hymn writer said, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. I want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy in my life. I want to thank you, Lord, for your goodness in my life. I want to thank you for the things that I've escaped because of you, not because of me. I owe you my thanksgiving. I'm alive. I'm breathing because of you. 
Oof. I made it through trial. I made it through trouble because of you. I'm here. I got a sound mind because of you. I got my peace back. I got my joy back because of you. Thank you. I'm going to open up this altar today and I'm going to invite you that would say, Pastor Angel, I need God's grace right now. I need His mercy in my life right now. But I'm going to do what you said, Pastor. I'm going to prepare the way for God's salvation. For His working in the middle of my trouble, in the middle of my trial. I'm going to come to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm not going to focus on what I'm going through. I'm going to focus on what He's already helped me through. And I'm going to give Him thanks. If that's you, make your way forward right now. Because that's the key. That's the key. When you and I learn that He's not only worthy of our thanks after the fact, He's worthy of our thanks even through what we're going through. Yeah. I'm coming, Lord. And there's others of you that you, you don't, it's not a sacrifice because you know right now you're blessed because of Him. And you just want to give Him thanks. Come, let's do it. We're going to have to wait till Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. This is the day to give Him thanks. Come, come. Come. Prepare the way. For even more of His grace to abound towards you. Prepare the way for His salvation, His deliverance to be known in the middle of your muddle. Give Him thanks. Lord, we draw near right now. We draw near. Those of you watching online, right there, give Him thanks. Lift up your voice and just begin to thank Him. For what, Pastor Angel? You're breathing, aren't you? Thank Him for that borrowed breath. Thanks for what, Pastor Angel? If you're sitting in a home, you're under a roof, thank Him for your dwelling. Thank Him for a roof over your head. If you woke up this morning and you were able to enjoy a meal, a breakfast, thank Him for your daily bread. For those of us in this building, we arrived here because of His mercy. We're here because of Him. His goodness and mercy have followed us. He's given His angels charge over us to keep, to guard, to watch over us in all our ways. He deserves our thanks. Give Him thanks. Some of you need a breakthrough. You come as well. You need a breakthrough. We're here to pray with you. We're here to believe with you. Our God is able. As this song is sung by our PW crew, I want you to just let God work in you. And for those of you that know without a shadow of a doubt, you're here because of His mercy. Give Him thanks right now.